0: You are, you are now listening now. to Renaissance Soul. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Renaissance Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And for this episode, I'm joined by Dave Stevens, founding member and vocalist of the Troy Michigan metalcore band, We Came As Romans, as we talk about their debut album, To Plant A Seed. Originally released on November 3rd of 2009 via Equal Vision Records, a deluxe edition of the album was released on January 18th of 2011, which includes one bonus track and a DVD titled To Plan a DVD. In covering this monumental debut album, we talk about the beginnings of the band through their early touring and their two EPs, Dreams and Demonstrations, both self-released in 2008 before getting signed to Equal Vision. We also go track by track throughout the album, and Stevens just shares some stories about the song or making of it. We also touched upon the vocal contributions of the late Kyle Pavone, who passed away in 2018 You know, for this album. We Came As Romans originally were going to tour this album to both celebrate it and retire the songs from their live shows when the pandemic hit and we were able to do a handful or so shows before all live music was canceled. We discussed the reasoning for that tour as they are set to do a live stream on April 23rd of 2021, playing to plant a seed in its entirety and you can purchase tickets or the merch bundles over at the thebarricade.live. So without further ado, after a short word from our sponsor, Let's get into We Came as Romans to Plant a Seed with Dave Stevens. Hey, welcome back to the Renaissance Soul Podcast. And now I'm joined with a very special guest, founding member and vocalist of the Michigan metalcore band, We Came as Romans, Dave Stevens. As we talk about their debut album, To Plant a Seed.
1: How's it going, Dave?
0: Good, man. How about you? Yo, staying stay busy, man. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yeah, same, same. As much as I can.
0: First and foremost, you know, i like to just say, you know, rest in peace to uh, Kyle Pavone. He, um, founding member of We Came Roman, We Came as Romans, and uh, passed away a couple years ago in, in 2018 definitely like big part of this group, big part of the sound. So I just want to say, you know, rest in peace to Kyle.
1: Thanks man. Appreciate that. Of course.
0: Okay. Arca- okay. To start things off when, you know, to, uh, to plant a seed came out uh, in November of, uh, 2009. And then there was a, you know, a deluxe edition that came out in January, 2011. When looking back during that time, you guys had a couple uh, EPs that came out um, before that. And w- one was called Dreams and the other was called Demonstrations. Yep. Um, where, you know, where were you guys all, you know, where were you guys at in life during that time? You know, why did this band sort of come together? You know, how did it all get started?
1: Uh, it was a very different lineup. I was uh, actually at a U of M and Michigan State football game like party. I was a senior in high school. um, One of my friends was there and I was in a Christian pop punk band at the time, and I really wanted to try playing like heavier music. (laughs) I was into the Bled and the Used and Story of the Year. And all these bands were just coming out and uh, they kind of got me into heavier music, I guess. And it made me want to start playing heavier music. So I said to my friend, I was like, let's mess around. Let's, you know, try jamming a little bit. And um long story short, Josh, our current guitarist, came and auditioned, joined the band. Um, it started turning into a thing. I eventually wound up moving to vocals, and then we uh, part of ways with our vocalist, and that's when Kyle joined in and part of ways our bass player, Andy joined in, and we wound up much coming to the lineup we have now over uh those first few years first few years is like a revolving door with members and then we got pretty dialed in and set and uh but yeah i mean it just started with me kind of wanting to try something weird and i was getting kind of tired of the christian pop punk stuff
0: (laughs) yeah during that time um when it came to at the time um um eric choi you know, you yeah. basically still have the same, you know, group here in, you know, 2021.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it it's tough, man. It's like, uh, dis, what do they say? That a, a band is a dysfunctional family that you choose. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, we all love each other. We, we fight like, you know, brothers a lot. But at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're, we're family. We, we own a business together and we've... Uh, done you know pretty well for ourselves so we always try to let the small stuff slide and um yeah. you know the big stuff we're able to work through most of the time it's crazy though i mean that we have been together as long as we have and have had as few member changes as we have and we must be doing something right i guess to have that all work out
0: when you know when you kind of got things a little bit more solidified in the band and you started working on those eps you know what was sort of like what was going on with the band how how were you guys sort of feeling each other out still trying to figure out what you know what this band was going to be like when did it like this iteration of uh, the band that you're in find like when did it like yo this is going to be yo we're taking this seriously and we're going to put some (laughs) stuff out you know when you know when did that happen
1: uh it was after the Dreams EP, if I'm remembering right. To record the Dreams EP, we actually we needed to come up with a few thousand dollars. We weren't signed or anything. We didn't have uh, a label or an agent. All we had was a manager who was just a friend. And we had no money. Um, so Eric had just graduated high school. And he put up his graduation money to record the Dreams EP, essentially. And we went in. We recorded it. And we were just trying to be like a big regional band. We just wanted to play Ohio, Indiana, <laughs> Michigan, you know, it's all like we really had in mind. And, and then it started to kind of gain traction. The shows went from being, you know, uh, maybe 10 people or actually I sh- shouldn't say that. The shows went from being just the girlfriends and the other bands to like <laughs> maybe 10 people to like 20 and then um it kind of kept growing like around here we were doing like 100 tickets 200 tickets and then we kind of kept going out to the east coast hitting like new jersey we started doing really well out there and then down as far south as like kentucky and georgia and then uh all of a sudden it was it was weird it was kind of like we had some traction we had agents coming out to talk to us (laughs) and labels kind of talking to us and that's when we were all like hey, we should maybe put this college thing on hold and put these jobs at home on hold and see what happens with this. Because we were just doing like weekend runs. We'd leave on a Friday as soon as our drummer, Eric, um, was off work and all of us rough work. And we'd come back like two in the morning, Sunday night and three in the morning. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of when we took the leap of faith. And my parents were like, you're doing what? <laughs> I was in culinary school at the time and I was like, I'm going to put this on hold. I'm going to try to do the band. And they are like, what the hell <laughs> you want to you pursue a band and and uh i mean yeah I, i'm glad we all did because it took us making that leap of faith to make it work or else uh we just would have kept playing bars and yeah. playing for five or ten people forever
0: okay you were doing like culinary like what, what was all the other things that uh the jobs and everything that the other band members were doing at the time
1: josh worked at mcdonald's um Andy would steal his parents' uh, pop cans and beer cans and go and return them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eric didn't have a job yet. Uh, Louis like, would go and replace sprinkler heads or something. Um, I don't remember what Kyle was doing. Yeah, it was we were all over the place, man. I remember um, one of our trips out to New Jersey, actually. I always tell this story because it's kind of wild how things work out we had to make the show cause an agent that wanted to start booking us was going to be there. And we had to play and, you know, show him what we could do live and yeah. which at the time was pretty horrific, but <laughs> he saw something in us. And on the way there, um, our van wound up catching on fire in Ohio <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> like
0: the whole dash,
1: everything just caught on fire. And so we stopped at a home Depot and we bought like tap lights and spray painted them red. And, Put them on the back of the trailer to look like taillights and <laughs> no electrical in the whole thing, pitch black. I wound up bringing up headlights like straight to the battery to make it work. And it we somehow made the show still, but <laughs> that sort of reminds me of those days. Just anything to make the shows happen and make it work.
0: <laughs> how are you guys, you know, getting that traction? How how are you guys getting the word out? Because I know with bands like yours, um, during you know during like the early two thousands, um, MySpace was very helpful with uh, you know bands linking up with other bands you know locally, regionally, and everything. Um, and this you know we came as Romans you know kind of started as the other social medias were you know starting to, you know start up and MySpace was kind of a little bit on its downturn you know so but yeah how you know how how are you guys able to sort of get that traction out there.
1: Yeah, Myspace actually had a lot to do with it, which is funny. Um, I don't know from a marketing perspective if it did so much, but we would use it to book shows. Like I would reach out to other bands in the regions that we were trying to hit and yeah. offer show trades where we'd bring them to Michigan and they'd bring us to one of their hometown shows. Yeah, I think
0: that's what a big tool was of Myspace. You could you know, find the region, yeah. want everybody in a region, and, you know, link up with them.
1: So, yeah, we would, we would do that to book tours and stuff, which was cool. And then I think one of the smartest things we ever did was release the Dreams EP for free. Because this is before Spotify or any of that stuff, you know, like you had to buy music back then, yeah. actually purchase each song. And so we recorded that EP and we could have sold it, but we just decided to throw it up on anywhere we could on the Internet for free, let anyone they want download it. And that actually got us a lot of traction because it was in way more people's hands than if people would have had to buy it. Yeah. Um, So that was huge too. Yeah. It was kind of the start of social media when that came out and um, it really helped us hit our stride.
0: Yeah. I remember that time when like bands would do that, like do a little like, you know, you know, do do a little free EP or whatever just to get out there. And you know, it helped a lot of bands.
1: Hell yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if we would have had uh the amount of success we had as quickly as we had it if we wouldn't if we would have tried to sell that EP, you know. We were we were still such a little baby band. A lot of people wouldn't have bought it, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just young kids, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, early on when you're, you know, making these, you know, these tracks to different cities, different regions, you know, how long did it take before you guys started feeling good as a live
1: band dude i'll be honest i don't i really don't think we became good as a live band till like probably somewhere during our third record cycle it's it's just such a hard thing to um get the hang of and perfect you know like i feel like a lot of bands like us get signed really young and you haven't even really fully developed um, your instrument yet, or, um, you're singing yet or whatever you're doing. And, and, and then, you know, you get thrown out on the road, playing shows six, seven days a week for five, six weeks. And it's like, figure it out. And slowly you do start to figure it out. Um, but to get to a point that wasn't embarrassing on stage, (laughs) let's say, uh, probably, probably during the DePlante Seed cycle, I think we started to become like a a professional quote unquote band at that point. Um we were doing it enough where people could come out and see us and we wouldn't completely botch every song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so you guys getting this traction, you guys got a couple of uh, EPs out. What happens to where you're able to, you know, make that that next jump to be able to start writing and recording uh to plant a seed?
1: Uh that one was wild, man. Cause, uh, the dreams EP did so well, we, we kind of just viewed to plant a seed as like a continuation of everything we were doing on the dreams EP. So that's why we went back to Joey. Um, and the thing with to plant a seed, we kind of had a head start because we had other songs that we were kind of working on that we just couldn't afford to record with the dreams EP. Um, what else is cool is do on the Dream EP, we were playing more shows more music than we ever had so we were all getting a little better at our instruments and better at writing and uh but yeah it, it was just an accumulation of a lot of years of dreaming and um wanting to be a pro band you know that's what that's something that everyone always says is you have your whole life to write your first record yeah and then a few months to write your second <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it's kind of true to plant a seed we had a long time to think about what we wanted how we wanted it to sound and draw inspiration from all different places and um we were really inspired by uh Sky eats Airplane at the time I don't know if you remember that band but they were like doing all this crazy Macbook stuff where like their Macbook was doing all this programming and yeah. and we thought that was the coolest thing ever so we figured out how to do it and we we had just started doing it a little bit on uh the dreams ep you know playing to a click track and having all these tracks going on while we played yeah and then once we got good at it on to plant a seed i mean i think that was the biggest difference is that's when we were able to add in orchestras and lots of programming and and i think that's what made that record extra special is at the time not many people were doing that so that was a cool thing to be able to incorporate you know (laughs) what
0: were those uh those studio sessions like when you were making those first two eps
1: uh (laughs) kind of a shit show i mean none of us really knew what we were doing like the the ep before dreams demonstrations we just recorded at michigan state in our friend's basement and we would just go there and there'd be a party going on and we would just kind of be recording on the side of the party basically (laughs) it was it was, (laughs) it was such a shit show and then um the dreams ep was definitely a step up and we were taking it way more seriously but we didn't know what we were doing and the only studio experience we had was at the michigan state frat house in the basement you know <laughs> and then um during the dreams ep we kind of started to figure out how how to do it how to take it seriously and we were really really prepared for it though which was cool and joey sturgis respected that and i think he saw where the band could go um and then leading up to to plant a seed, we were like really, really ready at that point. We had some real studio experience and definitely learned a ton during to plant a seed recording too. <laughs> so always just been a learning experience, man. I mean, we're, we're still learning when we go into the studio.
0: Okay. So, you know, to plant a seed would come out on equal vision records. Did you guys already start working on the material for that before you linked up with them? Or was that something, you know, you guys got signed off of uh, the EPs and then you started?
1: Both. I mean, we had had stuff uh, up our sleeves that we were working on in a direction that we wanted the record to go. Um, But we didn't, I don't really remember us really buckling down and writing, writing, writing until um it was getting closer to like getting into the studio uh and what was cool about that record is we kind of reverted back to is we we demoed all the songs before actually going into the studio which was cool it was, um it's almost like we like forgot that we used to do that because on our second and third record we didn't and the fourth record we did some demos but the most recent record we just did, we went back to doing the Let's Demo Everything before we go into the studio. Um, and that's something we learned on plan a Seed, how important it is to demo the songs first. So we were listening to these songs, getting used to them, but then thinking of new ideas, ways to make them better. So by the time we were tracking it in the studio for real, it had already been through several renditions, several drafts, and each song just got a little better and better and better along the way.
0: How did, you know, how did y'all link up with uh, equal
1: vision records? Um, they, <laughs> we had, we had had an offer from, we had several offers. I remember it being, a uh, I don't want to name any names, but there was a few labels that were trying to sign us at the end of the year before we actually signed and the offers were all like pretty terrible. And Equal Vision contacted us and was like, hey, you know, you guys are probably getting offers, but just wait it out. We'll send you a good offer. And we were like, okay, we'll we'll wait. So we politely declined the other labels that were sending us offers and heard out Equal Vision. They actually were the only label that came out to actually meet us and see a show. So they came out to this venue in Georgia and uh, we met in this like terrible dressing room upstairs. It was like a, ratty old couch and like some weird carpet and it was barely bigger than like a bathroom (laughs) and it was uh our new manager at the time our old manager as well and then um our artist representative from equal vision actually came to see the show which was cool and uh it probably wasn't we probably didn't play well but what was cool about him is i think he saw something um, bigger in us like he saw what the band could maybe grow to be and for um a rookie band you know a band with no experience he actually gave us a pretty fair deal and so we we signed and they were good to us man like i still have a really good relationship with our artist representative from the time and i text with him he comes out and sees us when we play new york and even though we're not in equal vision anymore but they were a good group of people and good for a a a new young band like us, you know,
0: <laughs> you know, once you got signed to to equal vision, what was sort of like the first things that you guys did?
1: We just toured, man. I, we took like any and every tour that was offered to us. <laughs> um, you know, back then social media stuff was just kind of kicking off. Uh, nowadays, a band can sit at home and promote themselves and they can get huge on the internet first and then maybe go tour. But back then it was just like getting out in front of people, touring, touring, touring. I mean, I remember back then touring like 250, 300 days a year. Yeah. And that's all they wanted us to do. They just, once the record was out, it was just tour forever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How, you know, how, how long before, you know, when, how long did it take from when you guys got signed to when the, you know, to plant a seed came out?
1: Oh man. I don't remember to be honest, I'd say like probably like a year or so I'm trying to remember is like, I think we signed. Yeah. I don't remember to be honest. It was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> it it feels like a lifetime ago.
0: Right. Right. All right. Let's, um, let's get into the, the songs on the album. You know, I just want to talk about like, um, you know, any fond memories you have anything about it. Um, any stories attached to, uh, you know, songs. So um, let's, let's go with the first song. It's the the title track of the album to plant a seed.
1: Um, I think my fondest memory of that song is uh, that was the first music video we ever recorded. Yeah. So That was really exciting. We didn't, we'd never done one before. So that was cool. We were, we were in Virginia and Virginia never gets snow. So it was kind of weird that the <laughs> night before we were supposed to shoot, it got, like pounded with snow um which which wound up actually making it look kind of cool we yeah. thought but it wasn't supposed to have snow <laughs> but we were such a baby band and you know the video budget was like nothing we just had to do it um yeah and i think that song was like the the first song um of ours that ever like gave me chills when i first heard it i was like holy shit this is something special yo <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I, yeah I, I mean. yeah
0: like I like, it's a hell of a way to like start off an album, and for you guys who are like kind of introducing yourselves on a bigger level, it's a hell of a way to uh just introduce yourselves as a band. And you know Kyle's uh you know vocals on there those some of those lines that he says, whew, yo, duck man. I was I was just like re-listening to it and, and watching that video, and I was like yo this is putting me in my feelings
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, there's something special going on in that song i and i i think it uh the way that joey programmed it and the way that the song came together and with and then the lyrics as well it's just i don't know something something special in that song that's for sure and the first time i heard it i remember you know I, the 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 hairs all standing up and i had this rush through me i was like whoa this this song's awesome.
0: <laughs> totally, man. Totally, man. Yo. <laughs> um, the next joint is Broken Statues.
1: That song's funny because uh, it, it got way bigger than I thought it would have because that song leaked like really early. I don't know how or what happened, but um, and it wasn't even like a mastered or mixed version or anything, but it was the first song people had heard of ours since the Dreams EP. And I remember people like flipping out in a good way online and stuff, um, that it was amazing. And, uh, and it started getting all this traction. And of course, like before we could take it down, everyone already had it. And so we just ran with it. We were like, fuck it. I guess we'll just make it a single then. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) it wasn't supposed to be, but it worked out.
0: That's what happened during that time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, all the time.
0: Everybody was trying to figure it out, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next song is "Intentions," uh, featuring Tyler Smith.
1: Yeah, uh, Telly being on that was pretty funny. He, they were just like rolling through, and we had finished a quick like three week tour with them and it was a last minute thing like you want to sing on the song he's like yeah so they just stopped by the studio on their way home from a tour and he laid it down real quick and then they got back in the van and kept driving <laughs> <laughs> um i don't have a ton of memories of that one while recording to plant a seed because it was on the dreams ep so i'm a little more tied to it there um but i remember the the orchestral stuff that we did i mean we thought it was the coolest thing in the world because we hadn't heard anybody do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was exciting.
0: Yeah, that was something I really noticed, you know, re-listening to it. I'm like, yo, this like, this album seems very full, very big, you know. And yeah. And I know these, you know, and in, you look at you guys and you guys are like, yo, these guys are young, man. You know, there's <laughs> they're, they're like in high school, just coming out of high school, whatever. And I'm like, man, this, but this, this sounds full. It sounds big, you know in comparison to a lot of the other bands that would be, you know, in your guys' lane.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, it was, that song was awesome when we first did it.
0: Uh, The next joint is Roads That Don't End and Views That Never Cease.
1: I remember getting in an argument over the start of this song. I wanted it to be like a breakdown, and Eric really wanted it to be like a drum roll thing like he does. And he wound up winning because he's the drummer. But then it was like three or four years later, we were still playing it. And he was like, dude, it is cooler with the breakdown. So live, he started playing it like a breakdown. <laughs> yeah. So in the end, I was right.
0: Hey, man, <laughs> never too late to, you know, mix it up.
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, when it, when it came to, you know, when it came to working in the studio for this album, you know, what, what was sort of, you know, how did everybody contribute you know, what, you know, what was sort of the di- dynamic with everybody? Cause you got a lot of guys in the room.
1: Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I just remember being like good vibes, a lot of excitement. It was a lot of uh, waiting. Cause you know, everyone had like their part to do, but other people had to do their parts first. And we were all so broke at the time. We just took our van down all, all together and Joey was nice enough to let it, the producer, was nice enough to just let us crash at his house. So we were all stuck there. It's not like, it's not like, oh, these, this week is vocals. Like Dave, you come in and then when you're done, you can go home. No, we were all stuck there the whole time, but, but it was cool, man. I mean, we were all starving, just eating hot dogs and ramen noodles. And, um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember one night, uh, I, I had just turned 21 and Joey's parents were in like this, bar band and they had come by and they were like yeah come on to our show we're playing a wedding and andy and i were like whatever we'll go so like we took the van to this wedding and uh andy was still underage i was of age and we wound up like partying with all these locals in this little tiny small town in Indiana (laughs) and some random person's wedding. (laughs) Everyone was coming up to us like, who the hell are these guys? (laughs) I totally forgot about that until you just mentioned it. Yeah. And Joey's parents band was like playing and going nuts. And Andy and I were just back at the bar. Like, where the hell are we? I don't know, but there's a bar and it's open. So sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Good vibes. A lot of waiting your turn, but Man, I forgot about that night. <laughs> right.
0: uh, the next song is "Dreams."
1: Uh, interesting about "Dreams" is it was uh, that song was written for the Dreams EP, and it was the first song ever written on the Dreams EP. And um, that song, it was—it's so old that we actually started writing it with the keyboardist vocalist. That was in the band before Kyle, so that song's so old it was even pre-Kyle, but it came out so great that uh, we wanted to put it on "To Plant a Seed" as well. Especially when Kyle sang his part, it like took it way way up.
0: You know, during, dur- during the recording of uh, "To Plant a Seed" and also when you started working with him on uh, the EP, you know, what did sort of uh, jo- Joey bring to the table?
1: um he was just so good at programming you know all the all the keyboards and synthesizers and stuff and um it it was weird we we wanted to do something different but we weren't really sure what it is and he kind of helped us pinpoint what um we were looking for i guess uh we were such a young band and we weren't even sure what we were supposed to sound like but we had a general idea and he helped focus it and bring it in
0: Right, you guys had like ideas and but he kind of like molded it.
1: Right, right. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a lot of other producers out there that at that time could have helped us do it the way he did it. That's <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> uh, the next joint is We Are The Reasons.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a ton of memories of that one. It's cool that Andy's on that song does a little screaming line <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's <it about? laughs> that's the only what's, thing uh, i think of what's the you know what's what's that song about you know from your perspective
1: um i don't know man i, I don't want to mis, misinterpret it because uh josh right writes most of the lyrics and that one he wrote like 100 percent by oh, himself yeah. so i don't i don't know I don't want to misinterpret it or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what What does it mean to you then? Like, you know, what's just the song itself, man? Like, is there anything, any meaning to yourself? Any, just you know, feeling? Yeah, I about mean, it? for me,
1: it's like uh, it's kind of like when you have a, I guess, an ugly side to you. You know, you you want to, you want to kind of, you can feel it running through you and stuff, but you have to keep it bottled in sometimes and, um, you know, it's still there, but you don't always want to let it out, I guess, is the way that I take it, you know, yeah. whatever those negative traits that you have are. Um, but I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure what Josh wrote it about <laughs> specifically, but I think it's somewhere in that realm.
0: <laughs> uh, the next song is beliefs.
1: Beliefs. Um, <laughs> the end of the song there's that like acoustic guitar with like the beat you know and uh (laughs) i remember kyle and andy like doing not seriously at all but like doing this funny ass freestyle rap over the back of it and (laughs) us all crying we were laughing so hard and joey just like put it on repeat and kyle's just like fuck it asses in a bucket (laughs) so like (laughs) now even like we were rehearsing that song for the to plant a seed tour and like Andy started doing it and we all started dying laughing again (laughs) it was yeah it's one of the funniest moments in the studio
0: (laughs) that's great that's great um the next joint is I will not reap destruction
1: um yeah that song that song kind of came in the way that it was and it it didn't change a ton which is crazy um that song's a pretty just straight up driving metalcore song joey obviously like added badass production keyboards the the whole spiel and made it really sweet but uh that song kind of came in and left in a similar way which is wild i feel like a lot of the songs changed a lot but that one stayed pretty true
0: uh, the next song is Searching, Seeking, Reaching Always.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Uh this song was just us like trying something different. You know, we were like, hey, you know, you never know, maybe it could have radio success, which is hilarious because that song would never have radio success. <laughs> and we never played it up until that the Planet Seed 10 anniversary tour. We had never played it live. And we for a minute we thought about it we're like if we don't play this is anyone going to notice and then uh, my wife's best friend after one of the practices she was like she's guys practice that song searching seeking reach i'm like are you kidding me (laughs) i even gonna play it and i was like well we have to play it now like if she would notice i guess everyone else would notice too so yo yeah don't yeah that one uh don't
0: underestimate man your fans and your listeners (laughs) yeah i guess i
1: shouldn't be like
0: Yo, you said you guys going to play the whole album. You didn't play this one joint.
1: <laughs> <laughs> none of us, like, I hate to say it, but none of us really even like the song. And But I guess there's people out there that do, so, you know, we, we got to play it. <laughs>
0: it always is, man. There's always those people
1: that that like the songs that you guys,
0: Yeah. That any artist don't like, man. They'd be like, there's those people, man. There's those yep. people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next joint is An Ever-Growing Wonder.
1: Um. yeah that song uh, that song came out really cool I remember listening to it like we were just listening through all the demos and um, I don't know I could just hear that it was going to be like a really awesome song and it was cool I got to uh, I got to write a bunch of lyrics with Josh on that one we like worked together pretty well on that and I remember like sitting on his dad's car when we were like practicing all the songs that we were going to (laughs) record before we left for the studio and like trying to get them all written down and i kind of wrote what i could come up with and then like gave them to josh and josh ran with a bunch of them and gave them back to me and it was a it was cool to collab with him on that one i'm trying to think other stories with it yeah i don't know that song's sweet though i still like playing that song on the 10-year anniversary tour i would Actually, look forward to playing it still, which is cool because sometimes you look back at old songs and you're like, Man, what were we thinking? That was dumb, but that <laughs> one, uh, that one's great. I like that song still.
0: And the last joint was a, uh, a song that was added when um, the deluxe edition was uh, released. It was uh, To Move On is to Grow, and you guys also did a video for that.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it that video it is a uh, a good representation of where the band went you know like over the course of that record cycle the band went from like a nobody band with a tiny little baby recording budget to like actually doing a real music video so like yeah the de plant seed video is still a music video but to movement is to grow was like a real music video there was right. real cameras yeah people doing makeup outfits like the whole spiel you normally see in a music video. Yeah. You can see the um, growth
0: from that one video to the other.
1: Yeah. I mean, in that video, we were just shooting all day. Like someone was shooting the entire day, every second. Um, but that's, I don't know. I, I remember that day super vividly, I think just cause I was like, Holy shit, this is crazy. There's makeup people. There's costume people. There's like caterers. There's, there's a guy that his whole job is just to press play on the iPod to play the music in the background and um but yeah man that song uh that song is another great song we we played that song um in normal sets up until probably just like four maybe three four years ago i mean that song obviously did really well for itself
0: what was the reasoning behind uh doing the deluxe edition release which you know had that bonus track but then also had a dvd with it
1: um I think Equal Vision wanted to do it just to keep maximizing sales on that record. And, yeah. uh, we wanted to do it just to keep momentum going. Um, cause we were about to go into a long writing process for understanding what we we're going to be the record after. So we wanted to give the fans something to tide them over. Um, and we just needed somewhere to put it. So we put it on a deluxe and re-released the record and put a DVD with it.
0: After the the original release of "To Plant a Seed," you know, when it was when everything was finished, when it was ready to be released, you know, what was sort of your your thoughts of hearing that you know final product? You know, what was the band feeling at that time about this final product?
1: Um, dude, I was like, I remember almost being in disbelief. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. <clears throat> uh, the sound we had made, you know, like we, we really, like I said, we went in there not really knowing how we wanted to sound. We had an idea, but we came out with, you know, literally what was our band, which was so cool. Cause I think we were getting close on the dreams EP and then into fantasy, but really dialed in what makes we came as Romans, we came as Romans. Um, so I was super excited. I, I knew that that record would, you know, it would definitely bump us up a few notches. It bumped us up way more than that, which is crazy. But um, I, I was really confident leaving that it was going to do pretty well. And just, I couldn't wait for it to get released. I went home and like showed all my friends, showed my family. I mean, I was showing everybody. I was so excited. Uh, and yeah, and it's wild, man. It, I still look back on it and wonder like how it took off as much as it did. I think it's a combination of hard work and, releasing the record at the right time, being on the right tours at the right time and a little bit of luck too.
0: all of that. You know, how did this album change your life and like the band's life?
1: Well, none of us went back to school. (laughs) (laughs) We're all still doing it. Um, yeah, dude, I thought I was just going to take a year off college, give the band a shot and then go back. Um, I just wanted to like give it my all and try and it actually wanted to turn into a career. And what's even crazier at this point is a lot of bands don't last as long as we've lasted. Yeah. And that's pretty wild to me too. I mean, when that record come, came out, if you told me when I was 32, I'd still be doing it. I would be like, no way. How, you know, <laughs> a lot of bands don't last this long and um pretty lucky. And I think we have just a, the right group of guys too like we all get along you hear about bands breaking up cuz they just can't stand each other <laughs> we definitely don't have that and we have we still to this day have a really good team that keeps things moving forward for us it's wild man it's uh definitely changed all of our lives quite a bit i mean oh and like it was like little things too like when i was in high school i took german and i was like why I'm not gonna pay attention when am i when the hell am i ever going to go to germany and now like i've been to germany like <laughs> 20 times. I mean, I've we've all traveled so much too, which is crazy. And right. It's just not a place I thought it would be.
0: Why do you feel like people really latched on to We Came As Romans at that time? You know, what, what was sort of, what, what was so attractive about to plant a seed to your, to these fans that you would get at the time?
1: <clears throat> um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with Uh, it just sounding a little different than some of the stuff that was coming out at the time. I don't think, I think it, I don't think we're pushing the boundaries of like what metal is or anything. I mean, we, if you take away all the programming, the electronics we did, I do think it just sounds like a metal record, but when you add all that together and then with some lyrics that I think were a little different than what was out at the time, it was just, I think refreshing for listeners and uh, live too. We, we weren't that great at playing the songs yet, but we would go as hard as we could. Like we'd go out on stage and play as hard as we could, go as crazy as we could. Um, I remember like Andy taking a guitar to the face one night, broke his nose, just kept playing, <laughs> bleeding everywhere. I mean, it didn't matter. We just played hard, we played a lot. And um, I think people would come and see us and they'd they'd see it as well. And I think that helped the record grow on people too.
0: And you guys, you know, at this time are like really like entering adulthood and your your fan base is going to be people like, you know, teenagers and young adults. You know, how did, you know, how did that, how do you feel like that affected your fan base? And then how did that affect you as you guys are, you know, basically growing up now on the road?
1: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it is weird. I mean, our friends at home would be you know, in, in college and, you know, moving into the dorms and all this stuff. And we'd be like at the time living out of a van. Um, it was weird. I think it, I think it shaped us quite a bit. I think for a minute, like we were all getting really wild too. I mean, you take some college age kids and throw them in a tour bus and send them over to Europe. It's like, what do you think's going to happen? But, uh, you know, it, it, it did help us all become more cultured and Grow up a little bit and learn independence really fast too. You know, you don't know, if you fuck up on tour, you can't call your mom and dad really, you know. It's like you're kinda on your own. You gotta be responsible. If you make a mistake, it's all coming down on you. So um kind of made us all grow up pretty quick at the same time.
0: That's right. um talk about the the album artwork. Um it was done by a uh, Paul Ramon, Uh, paul romano yeah and um you know it has this uh you know look of like a child and he has seed in the uh in his you know head and it comes down to his heart and then sprouts out uh you know uh you know branches and trees you know kind of like how 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 did that sort of represent you know this album
1: there's a lot of details in that artwork that um I can't even remember all of them because it's down to even like the type of wood that he painted. It's an, it's an olive branch. if I remember, right. And olive branches are awesome because they're able to flex and they're really resilient to like high winds and bad weather. And um, Paul described it as like a lot of the record had this, uh, this sense of like being compassionate to other humans, regardless of who they are, you know, and just giving people a, what's the word? Like, uh, not compassion, but like just giving people a chance, I guess. And, yeah. um, showing them a little love, blind faith, if you will. And, and, you know, and, and us being able to kind of like, like bend and fold and, um, fall into different groups of people, I guess, and incorporate everybody into one thing. I don't know. It, it he explained it so much better than I am right now, <laughs> but, uh, it's cool. is he, he put all that thought into even just like the type of branches that this guy's holding. Um, and it all like stems down to his, his heart. Uh, I wish Andy was here to describe this better too. Cause him and Paul like work really well together. It got to the point where Paul stopped doing any band's artwork except ours just cause he and ours and mastodons <laughs> just because he loved working with Andy so much. Cause him and Andy would just like shoot ideas off each other. And then yeah. Paul would go to the canvas and paint them and, I actually got to see that i plan to see, uh original canvas painting in real life it was it was amazing nice. it, was, it was cool it was up in his studio and he came like flying up on his bike and did like a one of the skid like stops and he was like sup guys <laughs> this guy but he's awesome um i don't i don't know if he's doing any bands artwork now except mastodon but uh yeah he did all our first five records all the artworks right, right. he's awesome
0: Okay, so before the the big COVID pandemic, you know, you guys planned a uh, you know tenth anniversary tour for to plant a seed, and it was basically going to celebrate this uh, album while also re- retiring it. You know, what was the idea behind doing that?
1: Um, as we're releasing new music and new records are, um the new singles and stuff, I guess we're, we're playing more often. It, it, it's hard to, it's hard when you have such a big catalog, it's hard to play. Everything is what I'm getting at. So it's, it's tough. You know, we have a new record coming out again um, sometime in the future. It's like once that record's out and we have a few other records in between that and to plant a seed, it's like, how do we play everything? So we wanted to give it one last, like goodbye, I guess, before we, throw it into the vault and doesn't mean we'll never ever play it again you know maybe on a 15 year anniversary we would or a 20 year or whatever but like whenever we do play it it'll be more of a special occasion instead of a every tour kind of thing it's just tough man it's like we can't play to plant a seed and fit all these songs in. and also that record came out so long ago it's it's like um It almost feels like we were a different band at the time or something, you know, it's it's tough to play songs off that record and then like songs that we just more recently released because they sound pretty different from each other.
0: Is it is it tough to play songs from this album or maybe even any of the albums, you know, without Kyle?
1: Yeah, man, it took uh, it took me a lot of practice to being able to be able to do both parts, especially in the older material, because we wrote it all crazy like vocals overlapping and you know us singing and screaming at the same time and um yeah especially for that record like practicing for the Seed anniversary tour andy was working his ass off and josh working his ass off because they had to help do the parts where all the vocals are overlapping at once (laughs) and it's impossible for one person to sing it no matter who you are and i kind of noticed um, kyle's
0: voice was a lot higher on that first record then maybe you know the, the next records
1: dude that record was ridiculous i felt bad for him he put himself behind the eight ball on that he was all excited about being in the studio and you know then being able to tune his voice forever and he was just singing for the highest notes he could And <laughs> then he got out on the road and he was like oh shit what did i do <laughs> um and then every record after that he'd toned it way down and started singing more in his range <laughs> i could notice
0: man i was going i was going through a bunch of videos today you know throughout different you know records and i'm like man kyle's voice uh he, he ain't he ain't even trying to sing that high in these later no. records man <laughs> he learned real quick <laughs> and, I, and i'm man, like yeah. i know why man because that's probably tough to to do out live you know some of that early stuff
1: he got like he got like PTSD from it. I think every time we went into the studio after that, he would have like a note that he would cut off at and be like, Nope, too high, change it. <laughs> Cause he learned, I mean, he didn't, he hated it when he had a bad show, you know, he'd be so bummed out. And when you're setting yourself up like that, it's, I mean, you just can't, you can't sing six, seven nights a week for five weeks and, and hit those notes every night. You know, you just can't, nobody can. So, but, uh, Still a great record regardless.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, coming up, uh, you're actually going to be doing a anniversary, you know, live stream for To Plant a Seed. You know, what's the, you know, what's that going to be about? You know, Um, sort of like what was the idea behind, you know, just doing this live stream?
1: Ah, Man, it's not it's not the way we would have chosen to do it i guess you know we wanted to do it live um but you know the pandemic hit and it sucks we we prepped for this tour for man i, th- I think we started talking about it like a year prior and then we actually started really working our asses off on it for like six months and it was a and hell of a lineup
0: on. too man Shit.
1: yeah and then we were only on the road for a week so there was only i think five cities that got to see it And, um, that's just a bummer. So much work went into it. We, and we don't know what's going to happen with this pandemic or anything and, um, Mm -hmm. or when we'll be able to tour again. So we want to at least put it out there for people to see and hope that one day we can actually play it live. But if we can't, then, you know, at least, uh, it wasn't completely for nothing.
0: You know, looking back on to plant a seed, You know, here in uh, 2021, kind of, you know, what do you, what sort of pops in your head about that time, about that record, you know, thinking, you know, how long, how long you've guys been able to stay around, you know, what really pops out about that time of your life and that album?
1: I think the, I think the craziest thing to me with that entire record and everything we did was in those, in that week we were out playing it. I don't know, man. I had this weird feeling when we were rehearsing it and getting ready for it. I was, I was excited for the tour, but I, in the back of my mind, I kept having this feeling like, does anybody still care about this record? Is anyone going to be there? I mean, what this came out a long time ago, you know, I don't even know if our fans are that listen to that record or even still into this kind of music. In the very first show of the tour, it was nuts. And then every night after that, it was nuts. And all the shows were sold out and people were singing every word and it, the craziest thing to me was that we released that record so long ago and so many people still love it and still know all the words and I don't know that's that's something pretty wild because um I like I couldn't even remember some of the words to those songs I had to go back <laughs> and practice them and meanwhile a bunch of our fans still know them so that's pretty badass. Right, right.
0: You know, before we get out of here is um do you have any like final thoughts about you know, this, this debut album from, you know, we came as Romans, you know, to plant a seed, you know, just any, you know, final thoughts you want to put out there.
1: Man, I, I, I can't ever, I mean, I know I made fun of the one song on it, but I can't ever hate on that record because it gave us uh it gave us a really nice uh, foundation to build everything else we've done, um, build a team and build an awesome fan base. And it's crazy, man. Like, just growing up through it and helping our fans grow up through it. And uh, the record that started it all, it's super special to me and all the guys. So yeah, it's it's cool to be able to still talk about it and play it and everything else that it's, it's still alive in a sense.
0: (laughs) Definitely. definitely. It's been great talking with you, Dave. Where, thanks for having uh, me, man. Definitely, definitely, man. It's been great talking with you. Where can uh, people go online to get more information about you know the show coming up and then you know just keep tabs on what uh we came as roman's doing
1: um we do a pretty good job like posting on our social medias and stuff so uh especially the band ones i'm horrible at my personal one so (laughs) don't follow me (laughs) but uh but yeah the band's socials are great our facebook instagram especially um if you're a twitter guy i think we post in there a little bit but yeah check out our instagram facebook all that
0: and you're easily Googleable, man. We came as Romans. It comes up,
1: boom, <laughs> boom. You <laughs> Easy. know, ain't got a finish. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, man. Again, it was great talking with you. And uh, hell you know, yeah, thanks for breaking down this uh, incredible album, you know, with me.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate you uh, having me and talking through it, dude.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Renaissance Soul Podcast. Hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K. Fresh-Fraser. Empowered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash renaissance soul. Renaissance Soul theme music provided by Steve O. You can find more of his productions at imsteveo.bandcamp.com and that's E-Y-E-A-M-S-T-E-V-E-O.bandcamp.com Renaissance Soul is available on all streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Renaissance Soul, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash fresh the word. Follow Renaissance Soul on social media on Instagram at runsoulpodcast Podcast and on Twitter at runsoulpod. Soul Pod. And join the Facebook group at Facebook.com groups slash the word. And for more information on Renaissance Soul, visit freshsthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night.
1: Renaissance.